Music to your ears, composer deals, and music licensing for podcasts demystified. All that and more in this edition of Legit Podcast Pro. Welcome to another episode of Legit Podcast Pro, where I share tips and strategies and information to help creative folks like you make your content, have your impact, and achieve influence without fear or worry about all the legal and business stuff. I'm your host, Gordon Firemark, the podcast lawyer, and this week we are continuing our series of episodes about how to protect and keep our audio drama, narrative fiction, or other scripted podcasts on the legal straight and narrow. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking to you about music, specifically for scripted and audio drama podcasts, but really all the same rules and strategies will apply for almost any kind of podcast. But first, just a quick uh, a quick word to let you know that this episode is actually brought to you in part by Easy Legal for Podcasters, a comprehensive online resource library and training program that walks you through all the key steps to protect your podcast with an LLC or a corporation, to register your title or other trademarks, to protect your copyrights, lock in your relationships with the whole team, everybody that works on your show, and to paper the deals to monetize your podcast. Easy Legal for Podcasters is running a special promotion right now, so visit us at easylegalforpodcasters.com and get access to this terrific program before that promo runs out. All right. So in the realm of podcasting, especially with scripted storytelling and audio dramas, music really can make or break the production. But before you hit that download button on a track that you really like, let's just unpack some of the legalities, starting with the composer agreements. Now, as I've been doing throughout this series, I'm referring to various kinds of agreement templates that you can find over at Easy Legal Forms and Templates for podcasters. That's podcastlawforms.com. And just drop that on the screen there and drop it into the chat as well. And look, a composer agreement is really, it's the contract between you, that is the podcast creator, and the composer whose music you want to use. It is not a simple contract because the legal side of the music business is really anything but simple. So we have agreements that have to handle an awful lot. The composer agreement covers a host of factors, including the nature of the relationship. Are you hiring this composer as an employee or are you merely licensing their music or is it some hybrid in between of those kinds of things? Is this going to be customized music that the composer is, is creating specifically for your show? Or is this from their existing library of work? What rights are you actually getting and what is the composer going to retain? Are you buying the rights out completely or are you, you know, as we said, sort of licensing or cross, you know, agreeing to, to split things? What other responsibilities will the parties have? Who's responsible for making the recordings of the compositions? How many compositions or cues are we talking about? What other deliverables are there going to be required? And then, of course, there's the question of compensation. And on that subject, look, it's not always straightforward. Now, sometimes, and this is sometimes what's ideal, it's a, a one-time fee, what we call a buyout. And that could range from a few hundred to a few thousand dollars, depending on the composer's reputation and the complexity of the work and all kinds of things. Now, it could also be structured as royalties, where the composer is getting paid either on a per play or per download or per episode or per season – 
you name it, any, any measurable point in time could be, could be the thing. So it could be a small percentage, maybe a per 1% of your ad revenue or other income tied to the podcast, or it might be a flat amount per whatever measurable marker you decide to use. And the questions then become, well, how much is it? How do we calculate it? When do the payments happen? If it's a percentage, of course, the composer is going to want some sort of an audit right, you know, the ability to go look at the producer's books to make sure that the right amounts are being paid and what happens if there's an underpayment and those kinds of things. And the composer has to also warrant and represent that the work is entirely original, that it doesn't infringe anybody else's work or cause anybody else any kind of harm. And they have to promise to defend you if there's ever a claim brought regarding the music. That's called indemnification. Now, just a, a quick caveat about indemnification clauses. It is really nice to see an indemnification clause in a contract where the the composer or artist or someone is saying, hey, if anything happens, I will indemnify you and hold you harmless against all claims and liabilities and those kinds of things. And that's great, except that they actually have to be able to back it up for it to have any meaning. So, you know, an indemnity provision from somebody who isn't carrying insurance and doesn't have lots of money in the bank might not really be as good as just making sure they've done things right in the first place. Anyway, other other issues you have to have in the composer agreement, how long are the rights granted to the podcaster going to last? Now, ideally, that would be perpetual for any and whatever uses you want. But sometimes it'll be for, you know, limited to a single season or a fixed time period or something like that. So be really careful so that you don't wind up having to go back and pay again for rights you thought you had. Make sure you read the the agreement and, and the fine print and, and those kinds of things. This episode is brought to you by Easy Legal Forms and Templates for Podcasters. If you're a legit podcast pro, you want to protect your intellectual property and ensure that content is used appropriately. Easy Legal Forms and Templates for Podcasters can help. Our form store at podcastlawforms.com provides a variety of legal forms and templates specifically for podcasters, including host and co-host agreements, DMCA takedown notices, release forms, and much more. With these easy downloadable templates, you can customize the forms you need in just minutes. Plus, our affordable bundle and a la carte pricing makes it easy to get the protection you need without breaking the bank. Visit podcastlawforms.com today. Easy, legal, affordable forms and templates for podcasters. Podcastlawforms.com. All right, now let's turn our attention to licensed music. Now, if you are eyeing that catchy pop song from your favorite artist, well, you're going to need to secure a license from the copyright owners. And here's where it gets a little tricky, because there are actually two separate copyrights that you need to consider. One copyright is in the musical composition itself, the notes, the melody, the lyrics written by the songwriter or the composer. And this is usually owned either by that songwriter or by the publishing company that represents them. And if you have multiple songwriters or composers, you might have multiple publishing companies. And you can see how it gets really complicated and tricky pretty quickly. The other copyright is for the sound recording, the specific recorded rendition of that musical composition. And that is typically owned by the recording artist or their record label. And as long as you're using an existing recording, you're going to need that license as well. 
The one area where you don't always need what we call the master use license for that recording is if you are actually performing or, or an artist is performing the song live into the microphones on your podcast. And in that case, all you need is the composition license because you're making a new recording. So that's just something to be aware of. Anyway, unfortunately, there is no one-stop shopping for these kinds of licenses, at least not for the mainstream pop commercial music kind of things that are out there. Each copyright needs its own license, and the cost is going to depend on the track's popularity and the artist's fame. And really, anything can happen. Licensing a hit song from a major artist could run into the thousands of dollars, while an indie track might be more affordable or even free if the artist thinks that the exposure is valuable and they like you and they want to do you the favor and those kinds of things. Now, one thing I hear lots of podcasters talk about and get wrong is this idea that you can get the rights you need from organizations like ASCAP or BMI. And these organizations are honestly a little bit at fault for creating this mistaken idea. You see, ASCAP and BMI are performing rights organizations. They These are two of the American ones, and there are a couple of others. And there are similar organizations existing in most other countries around the world. And what these groups do is collect royalties for public performances of music. In Clubs and restaurants and coffee houses and theaters and, yeah, radio and television airplay. But what they don't do is collect for the use of the recordings, only for the compositions. And they only collect for public performances and not for downloads. So they can't license you know, the downloaded side of a, of a podcast usage, and they can't license the creation of derivative works. So when you add your, the piece of music into your podcast and you combine it with the words that you're saying, the script, the dialogue, and whatever else, and sound effects, you are making a derivative work. And so you do, unfortunately, you know, have to have to go outside of what ASCAP and, license, and BMI can license. You, if you, adding that music into your show, whether it says underscore or intro or whatever, that's not even covered by what these organizations do. So you need direct permission from the copyright owners for that. And while ASCAP and BMI and these others will gladly take some money from you and they'll give you what rights they can, but you still need that direct licensing. So what I recommend is just directly license the whole package of rights you need and skip the PROs. Just go straight to the publisher for the composition and straight to the record label or the artist for the recording and make sure you get the performance rights and, and a waiver of those kinds of things and, and whatnot. Now, I also think we need to just mention library music for a minute. Now, sometimes this is what's referred to as royalty-free, but that's actually not quite accurate. Since you still do have to pay, it's just not on an ongoing basis where you're paying royalties like on every download or every week or those kinds of things. There are really some great libraries out there where you can buy rights to use fantastic pieces of music for very modest fees. But you do have to be careful. Check that the license terms that you're buying with suit your purposes. I've actually seen a bunch of these where it's for a single-use license. So you're paying, say, $35. And then for each episode where you want to use that music, let's say you decide to make it your opener, well, you got to pay that $35 for each individual episode. So be sure to read that fine print and make sure you're getting the license for what you actually need and intend. And oftentimes that's going to mean you need to get the upgraded premium license or, or whatever it is they call it. 
But there's one other kind of solution I just want to tell you about. It's the subscription music library. In my view, this is the most convenient way to handle music licensing for podcasts, at least for right now. And my favorite is Epidemic Sound. Epidemic Sound is a production music library that allows you to access a vast selection of their music, royalty-free tracks, and sound effects just by subscribing. You subscribe to their service, and you are essentially purchasing a license to use any of the music in their catalog in your podcast without having to deal with individual license agreements and additional royalties. And as long as you remain a subscriber, that music is licensed. And honestly, even after you allow your subscription to end, your past episodes are still covered. It's just that you can't continue using it going forward from that point on. So as long as you have a subscription, you are free to make episodes and use whatever music you can find in the Epidemic Music, Epidemic Sound Library. They also have sound effects and stingers and all kinds of other good stuff. So it really can be pretty cool. And the beauty of Epidemic Sound lies in its simplicity. The service handles the rights to both the composition and the sound recording, and that means that you don't have to deal with multiple copyrights or secure licenses from several different parties and things like that. And it's a very comprehensive library with lots of genres and moods and styles, and that makes it a really fantastic resource, especially for podcasters that want high-quality music without all the legal hassles and the high costs associated with traditional licensing. Now, I've got an affiliate link for Epidemic Sound. It's in the description and the show notes. So if you sign up for their free 30-day trial and then you remain a subscriber, I will receive a small benefit as a reward for referring you. But I would refer you to them anyway because I think they're they're really just fantastic. Now, in the comments, I see Ed and, and Rick are in there, and Rick is pointing out that there is also – creative commons and public domain music out there. And I'll, I'll address those in turn. Rick, you're absolutely right. Creative commons music is basically music that's licensed under an agreement where the composer, the creator of the music is basically saying to the world, hey, you can use this music. You don't have to pay me for it as long as it meets certain requirements. And there are four different sort of components of the of the license about whether it's used for commercial use or non-commercial use. Sometimes it's only for non-commercial. Sometimes you have to share and share alike, which means you would have to make your, your content available under the Creative Commons license also in order to use the Creative Commons music. Attribution is usually required. And there's a handful of those. If you're going to do that, go on over to creativecommons.org and read up on it a bit and understand very clearly before you opt into that. And public domain merely means that the copyright in the material has expired and is no longer, you know, in, in force, no longer protected. Now, copyright law lasts, protection lasts a very, very long time. So it's unlikely that any more modern popular music is going to fall in the public domain unless the artists have taken sort of extraordinary measures to make it so. But if you wanted to use an old musical composition, something written in the 1860s, by all means, go for it. But if you're using a newer recording of it, remember that that recording has probably been made during the last 95 years, during which time copyright remains in effect. And if it was created since 1978, well, then that recording is certainly covered by copyright protection and lasts for 70 years after the author, the owner of that copyright dies. So it's a good long time. And some sound recordings are not protected under copyright law just because of some vagaries of how the copyright law was written. But 
all of these are great options for getting music into your show. And, and as I said earlier, good music can really set the tone and capture a mood. It can, it can really make or break your show, especially in the drama and narrative storytelling arena where it can really move things along or build tension and create, you know, the heat that underlies a scene or something like that. So. I really encourage you to dig into it and don't be afraid to use music, but to think outside the box a little bit and consider using the subscription like from Epidemic or royalty-free music where possible or get a composer to write original music for you. That'll really make your show stand out. So listen, remember, using music without the appropriate licenses is not just illegal, it's immoral. It's a disservice to the music creators who really put their heart and soul into their craft and it's just a good idea. Do, do what's right. Spread the wealth. Whether you're engaging a composer or licensing a track, make sure you have a good solid agreement in place. Make sure you've read the agreement. You understand the, the content of what you're doing and, and it protects your rights and respects those of the music creator. So this is really just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more to discuss on this topic. But if you have more specific questions or you're ready to get serious about your podcast, then please visit me at thepodcastlawyer.com. I am here to help. And until next time, remember, your creative work is valuable. So be respectful of that. And so is the work of others. So we really need to respect and protect and create something amazing together. I just have one last word real quickly. My, my live workshop was held earlier this week, the business and legal fundamentals for podcast growth and profit, but there's a replay available. So if you're, if you haven't seen it yet, it's just available for another day or so. But if you go to event.podcastlaw.net, uh, you can still access that replay of the live workshop and check out what I was doing over there and learn a little bit more about some of the legal aspects of this cool and crazy medium called podcasting. And that's going to be it for this episode of Legit Podcast Pro. I'll see you again next time. Until then, keep on podcasting. Have a great one.